the show itself is not really salacious. It's not over the top. It's not mm-hmm. explicit. It's dealing with more emotional drama than anything over the top. Um, but I've had people that who will not follow the channel, who will not speak publicly about it because it's so taboo. And if they were, I've been told that if it was a couple that was just cheating, it'd be a whole other different story. They'd be sharing and talking right. about it. But because it's this woman who wants to be non-monogamous, it's, oh, we can't do that. It's really interesting yeah. where you could share about serial killers. You watch Dexter, people pulling out people's spines from their backs, but something <laughs> that deals with the complexity or a different way of being in relationships is so taboo and controversial. Welcome to the Multi-Amory Podcast. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. We believe in looking to the future of relationships, not maintaining the status quo of the past. So whether you're monogamous, polyamorous, swinging, casually dating, or if you just do relationships differently, we see you and we're here for you. On this episode of the Multi-Amory Podcast, we're talking to the cast and creator of the web series Compersion. It has been four years since we last had Miss Jackie Stone, the writer, producer, director, and creator of Compersion on our show, and we're so excited to have you back for season two to talk about that. And today we're joined by several cast members. We're going to talk about how the second season finally came to be, what was involved in bringing this second season to life, as well as what's changed in the four years since this show was first being created, how polyamory and diversity in media has continued to evolve, and what we can expect for these characters and for the compersion story in the future. So welcome. Thank you all for being here. Yay. <laughs> Thank you for having us. I would love to just kind of get a brief introduction from everyone because we're doing this like big roundtable discussion and this is the first time that we've had seven people at once like speaking on the show. It's really incredible. Did I count that right? Not no, eight. We're, we're eight people. You're yes. right. It's eight of us. Wow. Goodness. Yeah. So um, I would love it if everybody could introduce themselves, please, and maybe say who you play on the show as well or what you do on the show. Uh, my name is Jackie J. Stone, and I'm the writer, director, producer, tap dancer, <laughs> editor, um, one-time sound recordist um, of Compersion. And I'm so happy to be here. Oh, thank you so much. We're glad to have you back. Hi, y'all. I'm Jamie Patton. I play Kina on the series Compersion. Um, sometimes I've done hair and makeup most times <laughs> costume <laughs> and yeah thank you for having me on your uh show and it's so good to see all your faces i miss you guys oh yeah, i miss you too hi i'm Derek lamont i play uh josh thanks for having me <laughs> <laughs> i'll follow that up with i'm lauren lillian and i play sophia and yes i'm very happy to be here Mm. Um, Karamo Kush, I play coach and try and do what Jackie tells me to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's I <right>. like that. <laughs> Seems like good words of wisdom to live by. Absolutely. But- We definitely have a lot of listeners in our audience who are really familiar with Compersion Season 1. I know at the time that it came out, people were and still are just clearly so desperate for any kind of representation about non-monogamy, polyamory, the reality, the struggles um, in our media. And I was wondering if, Jackie, you could kind of catch our audience up to speed, give a little bit of background on the show initially, how it initially came to be, and then we can talk a little bit more about what happened in the first season. Okay, so um, Compersion is basically a family drama that follows a couple who've been married for 15 years um, as they transition from a monogamous marriage to a polyamorous relationship. Um, the, The story came to be because many, 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 many moons ago, 
I met someone who was in a polyamorous marriage. And at this time, polyamory did not have such a, um, a big voice. It was mm-hmm. really, really undercover. And I had never heard of it. And I was really fascinated that him and his wife had this relationship where they were committed to their marriage, but they also had other love relationships. And as a writer, I was like, oh, this would be a great family drama. Because what really interested me about, you know, exploring polyamory is like, what happens when the heart can't be contained, where it's just not um, some sort of physical one night stand, but you really have to deal with your partner or partners being in relationships with other people. And I looked to my own like family and I was like, what would it be like if my uncle or my dad or my cousin was faced with their wife or their partner coming to them and saying, I don't want to be monogamous anymore. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to deal with the, the journey to compersion, which is not going to be overnight for my characters. Um, and what those very human struggles, um, look like for a couple who, you know, somewhat quote unquote traditional couple that was transitioning their relationship while still keeping their family intact. Hmm. I'm I'm curious to hear from the actors as well about, you know, I don't know. Um, I know that kind of people individually tend to have a wide variety of experience with like non-monogamy or non-traditional relationships. You know, some people are very, very intimately familiar with it and some people not at all. And so I'm curious to hear from the actors, whoever it is that, that wants to talk about this, about um, your impressions when first getting involved with this project and with the subject matter. This is Jamie playing Kina. Uh, one thing I had to deal with was my own judgment and a lot mm-hmm. of my family's judgment and Again, Jackie, we had this conversation plenty times. You know, I I knew of polyamory, but I wasn't, you know, well versed in, you know, the etiquettes and, you know, the, the verbs and I just didn't know. I knew of it, but I wasn't educated. Anyway, it, the hard part for me was not only just my own judgment, but my fellow actors, other creatives who seemed to be judging my choice in taking on this project. Like I have really? people in my life that I respect wholeheartedly as creatives and they just won't comment on it. They'll watch it, but they won't comment on it. Mm. And it's so interesting, interesting how the lines get blurred. It's like, I've played a murderer, I've played a hooker, but all of a sudden <laughs> there's this reservation when I'm playing mm-hmm. a woman who's married that wants a boyfriend too. It's really interesting. Yeah. So that's been my struggle. That's something we ran into, especially in the early days of this podcast too, of people who might listen to it and really enjoy it, but won't share it, won't post about it. And it's, Mm. yeah, it's Mm -hmm. like a sort of a threateningness to it that I think freaks a lot of people out. Absolutely. There have been people who have told me if it was a, because the show itself is not really salacious. It's not, over the top. It's not Mm -hmm. explicit. It's dealing with more emotional drama than anything over the top. Um, But I've had people that who will not follow the channel, who will not speak publicly about it because it's so taboo. And Mm. if they were, I've been told that if it was a couple that was just cheating, it'd be a whole other different story. They'd be sharing and talking about it. But because it's this woman who wants to be non-monogamous, it's we can't do that. It's really interesting where you could share about serial killers. You watch Dexter, people pulling out people's spines from their backs, but something (laughs) that deals with the complexity or a different way of being in relationships is so taboo and controversial. This was an interesting project when it came to me because reading the script, usually once I read a script, I go into researching and finding out about, but because of my character, didn't know anything about polyamory. And I myself didn't know anything about polyamory. I had never heard of it. Actually, when, when Jackie was telling me the name of it, I was like, compersion? You, you sure you want to name it that? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and um, so I knew nothing about it. 
And and going into the first season, I knew nothing about it because I, I didn't want to make my character sympathetic to it when in fact he wasn't. So I didn't want to taint the the, the, the performance. Since then, I have, I think I'm going along the pace of the character uh, because I, I'm really scared to like dive into it. I mean, we've attended a couple of events and, and things. And so we've been around it. I've been around it a little bit more and, and I understand it. But I don't. I haven't gone too much farther into it because Josh hasn't gone that far into it. So it's it's a weird thing, and that's why it's one of the more um, uh, challenging roles that I've I've actually had in that aspect. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, to kind of have to be keeping yourself a little bit in the dark, quite intentionally. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it worked. It, it's it's been really helpful to do that. Yeah, it has being on a show about polyamorous people, has it changed anyone's perception about polyamory in general? Because it sounds like, Jamie, you maybe dove a little bit more into like learning about it, but maybe Kai, I'm interested also in hearing from you, like, overall, is there a sense of, wow, polyamory was this one thing that I thought, and now it's something different? Or where has your journey been regarding that? I've always kind of worked in that space without the label, you know? So, um, it was, uh, I think Jackie was typecasting when she, <laughs> I was just going to say, she did a good job of picking each other. Yeah, very good. Very. <laughs> but yeah, I, um, I, if anything, I'm, I, I'm, I'm really happy to see that, 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 uh, we're dealing with these alternative styles of relating in um, drama, you know, in, in, in film and TV projects. I think it's long overdue. Yeah. And Lauren, I'm like really interested to kind of see where your character goes because you are more of this traditional in the first season, like I am a woman who is having an affair with a married man and that, you know, doesn't really delve into ethical non-monogamy at all. So I, I wonder how was it portraying a character that was like simply... As you said in the show, like a mistress. Oh, I, you know, I related. (laughs) Mm. So it was really emotional, but in a good way. Um, I think what was more interesting for me as an actor was to hear all the responses from the audience on how I was crazy. And I was like, really? (laughs) Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? It just, it just was, it was a little bit like, I think Sophie is a strong character and Definitely. a strong woman. And so she's really, really fun to play in a good time. Um, but yeah, I, I you know, I, every, I was just sort of like, tell me where she's wrong. Like explain. <laughs> so it, it just was a little shocking, but in a good way, I think, because I, I also do like as an actor, when I get to push the audience's buttons, that makes me very happy. So I'm very happy about it. What's interesting, Lauren, um, is the people that had a negative reaction to you were largely polyamorous. And those are the same people who had a negative reaction to Derek were largely polyamorous and they had a positive reaction to Kina and monogamous people. It was the reverse. So you had some cheerleaders, cheerleaders, but largely the polyamorous community. They they were hating on. But here's the thing. Honesty (laughs) is important in all relationships. So once you take honesty away, I think, you know look, whatever you practice, like, just be honest. Mm -hmm. I think something that really struck me about this show in the first season and seems to be continuing in the second season is that some of the only other content out there that deals with polyamory or, you know, ethical non-monogamy specifically, like that that's the focus of the show, either tends to be very sensational and like let's look at how much kinky sex they're having and like oh wow look the three of them take showers wow or it's um in this kind of uh, i'm gonna you know sort of criticize my own community here but like kind of preachy of like oh this is so great and like look at how great it is and what really struck me about this show is it's not either of those things and i think part of that is because Jackie, you did such a good job of writing this story that has these sympathetic characters, that has realistic characters, but you weren't coming from a place of like, I want to teach the world about how polyamory is great. Like you Mm. yourself were also exploring it 
and the fact that for the actors, there's kind of a similar thing going on. I think that is something really unique and I don't think exists anywhere else in the world of media representations of polyamory. Thank you for that. I mean, I, I always say that with this story, I'm not trying to do any sort of representation of polyamory as a whole. I'm in, I'm showing these two people and their journey. And as the story expands, it will be about other individuals' journeys or experience. It's never a blanket statement about polyamory. That's not the goal. It's to have a very human experience and journey through these uh, characters for me is why I wrote it. And sometimes we get, we, we, we get pushback from polyamorous people like, this is not a positive representation. This is not compersion. I'm like, not yet, but you know, (laughs) yeah, it's it's like two, what, two months into their journey. Like, no, (laughs) correct. It's not yet. Yeah. You know, and then wanting, wanting to make sure that journey when they get to compersion and for however long they stay at that, that point is well earned. And, you know, that's, what's interesting for me as a writer um, to explore the challenges. So when you arrive there, it's like, you know what, you sure do deserve this. <laughs> and now let's complicate it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, it's a I family imagine drama. It, it, is, it must yeah. be interesting because you like, you know, you and a lot of the actors have talked about, you know, again, kind of getting this weird mixture of responses of, of course, there's, you know, certain parts of the audience that are really rooting for particular characters or rooting for different characters. And there's different, you know, parts of the audience feedback that has a lot of backlash about either this is not a good enough representation of polyamory or about why are you representing polyamory at all? Or why is this person doing this? Um, and I guess I'm kind of wondering, like that experience of it being like such a charged topic matter that it, it sometimes feels like no one's going to be happy with how it's covered. I had an acting teacher once say, and I think this is in direct parallel on what's going on with compersion. He used to say, the interesting part is not seeing you cry. It's seeing you struggle against crying. Totally. Seeing you trying to just seeing that that conflict of, I, I need to get this out, but, and that's the same thing with compersion. No, it's boring to see compersion, but some just to, but to see the journey to compersion is what, and I was saying, I was joking with Jackie saying, that's what you need to change the title to is the journey to, you know, alleviate mm. all these pain, this pain that people were feeling about not seeing compersion. <laughs> Turn the title to Journey to <laughs> Compersion. But that's much more interesting to see the conflict and the journey than to see it wrapped up in a pretty, pretty rainbow. Yeah. Yeah, um, it is. I, I was thinking about the time when I'm when I'm telling people about the first season and, uh, you know, I explain, you know, oh, I play a guy whose wife wants to see another guy. And the first thing to go, well, what do you guys do? I said, well, we figure it. We're figuring it out. You know, <laughs> there's so in a hurry to get to the end of it, to get to like, mm. how does it happen? What happens at the end? Like, no, like, and, and I like this about the, the um, series is that it does take the time to actually march through those woes, those happy moments, those, those um, experiences that, that get you to the end of any relationship, but uh, with this one in particular. So um, it's really uh, fun in that aspect. I'm curious. I know that something that um, I've known has happened in my own personal experience and that I've heard from other people, you know, people who are more out about being non-monogamous or more willing to talk about their open relationship or open marriage. um, Sometimes it has an, an interesting effect on people where like if you talk about being in an open marriage or playing someone who's in an open marriage, that for some people it's like that's the seed of being able to divulge oh my God, I had this really weird threesome this one time and like, and I just, I don't really know how to feel about it. And I guess I was wondering, you know, in your guys' experience, you know, when you're talking to people, does that ever happen? Like, do you ever get that response of like people getting that seed of, oh my goodness, okay, it's, it's safe to talk about this? Hmm. There was one time, I've, I've only met one person outside of like being at a, a poly a gathering, but I was at a, like a, a game, a game night 
you know, and and I was talking to this girl. And she, oh, you're an actor? Oh, yeah. I said, I'm just working on this uh, show. I just finished a show called Compersion. You know, it's about polyamorous. She was like, oh, I was, I was poly. I was in a polyamorous relationship one time. And I was like, oh, for real? Let me know. <laughs> Tell me. Good <laughs> research for the show. Yeah. yeah. I was like, and um, and um, she she was basically she said that you know um, it didn't last long because the guy was kind of treating her like a girlfriend instead of like the the girl the the lady he was with. You know, she got more attention, or you know, he seemed to be treating her as the number one Mm -hmm. and uh and that and i got some information of of how it 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 kind of how the relationship works just from her and it was i was thinking i had finished the first season and when i met her on that but i was like oh okay that's the only (laughs) person that uh have actually opened up you know and i've talked to a lot of people about it i I had a couple of people stop me in a grocery store because they recognized me from the uh the show oh wow Wow. oh wow they would they wouldn't say if they were or not they were like oh yeah you're from that show you know and i was like what show it's like you know the the hut the The wife with the and i was like oh yeah exactly exactly (laughs) (laughs) so it was really interesting yeah so we're recording this episode of the podcast when one show, one episode of Compersion season two has dropped. And I'm curious because it's been four years. I know at the time of the last recording of our podcast, when we had you on Jackie, that we you were doing an Indiegogo campaign. Mm-hmm. We were trying to get funding for season two. And so, yeah, like, can you talk about that process? And like four years later, here we are. And also at the time, I remember you talking about how hot season two is going to be. And you did not disappoint. All y'all looked amazing. It was a great, yeah, it was a really great episode and very, very sexy and very, like a lot of tension there. But um, yeah, like what, what went into making season two a reality finally, like after all this time? Um, so we did have an Indiegogo campaign and uh, I was trying to raise 65 K. We did not raise nowhere near that. I think we raised maybe under 14 um, or 14, 14, 15, somewhere around that. Um, it was such a laborious process. I hate mm-hmm. fundraising with a, a deep passion, but I so appreciate all the people who contributed um, and, and helped make season two. Um, you know, when you don't have money, you could do things fast and quick if you have money and good, or it takes time if you don't have money to make it good. So, you know, we were able to, I think we did principal photography two years ago, I think. Was oh, it two wow. years okay. ago? Okay. For the, the second season. Um, and we had picked up the episode that, the first episode before that, but the principal, the main principal photography for the second season was like two years ago. And we shot for seven days and, um, we were able to get it done because my actors love me and they're willing to work for snacks. All amazing. <laughs> and, um, I had a great crew who, you know, worked for far below their rate. And then a lot of what took the, the longest process was the post-production because I was the, editor, the sinker in chief. And it just took so much time to go through, you know, probably like, I don't know how many hours of footage, but we had hours upon hours upon hours of footage. And I also have to work and do other things. So it was a longer process. Um, But I'm very happy with what we got. Um, Our first two episodes are shorter, but the last four or five episodes are um, about 18 to 20 something minutes in length. Oh, wow. Okay. And I'm really, and we, and like you saw, we kind of pick up kind of where we left off. We're going to do a a little bit of a time jump for the uh, third episode, but it's still, it's still all in line. It's still, you know, it's not five years ahead of time. It might be, you know, a few months down the road It's still, but there's, there's some great growth um, that happens in that small time jump. Um, yeah, but it's a labor of love. It's something that, you know, I have seasons on upon seasons in my head that I hope wow. to to be able to do. I love working with these four. Um, 
folks in front of you. Um, and, you know, they're all back. So, you know, there's there's things happening with all the loves. Um, but yeah, it was it's it was a hard process. It's not easy. Like the way that we shoot, we shoot professionally. You know, we're not shooting on iPhones with a lamp. You know, we have a crew yeah, no, and, you know, camera gorgeous, people so. and yeah. lights and sound. And, you know, we rent locations. I have to do production design. Um, so, yeah, it was a it's a labor of love. And it, you know, that's why it took four years because I'm not independently wealthy. Yeah. <laughs> not yet, anyway. Um, not yet. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> not yet. It's coming. Come on, checks. Yes. <laughs> so, because this has been a process, you know, I'm wondering the media landscape that you were producing into four years ago versus like two years ago when you were doing principal ph- photography for season two versus now when you're releasing, like what have been the things that you've noticed of the things that have, have changed over that time, especially in regards to like how people respond to this, this subject. Um, I would say that, I would say that there are, there are what I've noticed, like there, there are more Facebook groups, there are more social media platforms. Um, there are more people who are vocal and will say I'm poly and proud out loud. Um, I still think in, in regards to compersion, like publicly there, there's more happening in private groups about compersion than there is on the YouTube page. So there's still that amount of, you know, protectiveness about relationship status and not wanting to be outside of a protected group, be associated Mm -hmm. with it, which is still interesting. But I would say like over the course of when I first did it to now, there's, it's such an explosive, um, somewhat saturated uh, experience of polyamory. For the cast, has your experience changed over these last four years in terms of like, yeah, where you feel like the subject material kind of took you to now like having kind of that hindsight and just the landscape changing in general? Or you're like people watching it as have they watched it and said, oh, now now I'm like, this is easier to watch because it's more of like a known quantity out in the world. Polyamory is. Well, can I say that when just to be totally candid, when I first started this series with Jackie, this journey, I was in a very, very, very serious relationship with a man. Fast forward eight years later, I'm in a very, very, very serious relationship with a woman. Wow. Yeah. Out. Out. (laughs) (laughs) And there was a point in my life where I never thought I'd be out, but a little bit attributing to this journey has made me more accepting of myself Mm. and more accepting Mm. of being outside the box. Um, and not seeing so much as, as categories, you know, we get so PC and there's a line that Jackie wrote. And, um, I think it's, it's the date night episode where Colt is talking about his aunt and how his aunt's love is not a mother's love. And Kina says, love is love. And that resonates so fully mm-hmm. for me now, having taken this journey And just everything that I've been through since 2012 until now is just really. So, yeah, it's been a it's been a cosmic journey. It's been very um, synergistic. It's been very revealing. And I'm thirsty for more. I I feel like I'm a, a very much a kindergartner when it comes to polyamory and knowing what really knowing what polyamory is. You can know all the terms and the etiquette, but not really know what it is to experience compersion, Hmm. to really be happy that your lover is happy, you know? So yeah, it's been a journey. I'm looking forward to more. Wow. Lovely. That's wonderful. (laughs) That's so beautiful, Jamie. So get to writing, girl. Get to pitching. Listen, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. One woman over here. I just need to get that cash. We'll be we'll be rolling. Yeah. Come on, Netflix, yes. HBO. We'll have a grand old time. Yes. Yep. 
For a long time now, we've been fans of adamandeve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also have a promo code that will work on adammail.com and evestoys.com, which are their sites specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's 50% off of almost any item in the store and free discreet shipping when you use our code MULTI. Yes, we love adamandeve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor, and they just keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners. You can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com and select any one item. It can be, you know, an adventurous new toy or anything you desire, something fun, something sexy, whatever sounds good. So just enter offer code MULTI at checkout and you'll get 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. That's MULTI, M-U-L-T-I at adamandeve.com, adammail.com or evestoys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping code M-U-L-T-I. All right, so I wanted to talk a little bit about the the actual show itself, and I don't want to you know have any spoilers or anything. Although, listen, the first season's been out for like four years, so if it gets like a tiny bit spoiled, it's kind of your own fault. But everyone go out there and <laughs> and watch that first season, so you don't have to worry about this. But uh, something that that really struck me in the second season, uh, in this first episode, that's the only one we've seen at the point that we're recording this is that uh, Ka, your character, Colt, he um, has always been so kind of, so chill, so sort of aloof (laughs) and unaffected by things. And I felt like at the beginning of season two is the first time we're kind of seeing how, when we watch the stuff in the first season go down with Josh and Kina, where, you know, they're, I'm like, how do I say this without spoilers for people who haven't watched season one? But I, I don't, maybe it can't be avoided. Yeah, Jackie. Just say it. Okay. Just say it. It's too late. It's been yeah, out for okay. 17 years. Right. Go. Yeah, <laughs> all right, all right. Deal with it, people. <laughs> so, so there's there's this just like horribly painful scene to watch uh, in the first season, but it's so true, which is why I love it. Um, when Josh makes Kina break up with Colt over the phone in front of him. And it's, it's so painful because it's, that's a real, I mean, it's a shitty thing to do, but it is a real thing that happens. You know, that, that's absolutely a thing that we've heard people talk about that kind of thing happening in their relationships, if not exactly like that on the phone in front of me, but that feeling of kind of being forced to break up with a relationship, not because of that relationship not working out, but because of this extra force outside of that relationship usually that kind of primary partner the husband or the wife or something like that and how we got to see how painful that was from their point of view we didn't really see so much what was happening with Colt during that time and I feel like right at the start of season two we kind of got our first hints of yeah this is a bigger world this affects more than just our two people in this main couple that that his character was also affected. And I was just curious to hear from you, Kyle, like what what that was like getting to have that moment for your character. Well, I think you all are speaking to it. And I think Jamie spoke to it earlier as well in talking about how it's not just about sex. You know, in fact, it's, it has nothing to do with sex when you really get right down to it. You know, so, I mean, um, I don't know. Uh, 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 I I could... I could really be in that space, honestly, with Colt and with what was going on, because, I mean, it was a horrible thing. It was a horrible uh, 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 feeling to be having someone torn away from you for reasons outside of you all working. You know, I mean, it's it was a beautiful piece of piece of conflict that Jamie, I'm sorry, that uh, uh, Jackie had created that was um, it was relatable. 
and your performance, all of your performances were so relatable. I kept sitting there and saying, hey, this in some way or another has happened to so many people that I know, like mm-hmm. little moments of what mm-hmm. all of you went through. And Lauren, like, too, also sitting there and knowing, shit, this woman had no idea what was going on. Doesn't We don't even see her dealing with the fact that polyamory was a thing that these two people were interested in and that a real relationship with you could have happened. And I can't wait to hopefully see you back again in season two and see, like, where that takes you. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it was just all of you, like, your performances were so well done and so Yeah, relatable. absolutely. Was, I mean, when awesome. I was... It was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think there is something interesting. I don't know if this was intentional on your part, Jackie, in writing this, but it's almost kind of like with these four characters, we get these archetypes that serve as touch points to a lot of the non-monogamous experience for a lot of people. I mean, because if I even think about my own life, like I've had experiences where, you know, I've been the person realizing, oh my God, this person that I'm sleeping with, their partner has no idea that I'm in the picture. I've been the one, you know, like, like Josh's character where it's like, I don't even know what's going on. I wasn't totally expecting this. I need to learn about this. You know, I've been in like Kina's shoes of being the one, actually, I'm kind of driving this and this is something I'm interested in. And also cause position of like, things are happening outside of my control and influencing my relationship. And so, you know, I guess I say that, um, more to continue to make the pitch for all the listeners out there that there's this interesting representation of just like so, so, so many different ways that this can show up and manifest for people sometimes all at the same time or within the same person. Um, I also wanted to talk a little bit about something that we haven't quite touched on quite yet, but the fact that um, there's kids involved in this story. Mm. You know, it's not just about this like, you know, young couple in their 20s having a grand old time experimenting with this. But like you said, Jackie, it's really important to keep it as this family drama. And knowing that this is also a hot button issue for a lot of people in general of when you talk about non-monogamy or open marriages, it's always like, oh my God, but what about the kids? And so I wanted to open up that topic for everybody as well, because that adds kind of another layer of complication in this storytelling. Yeah, absolutely. When I was thinking about the story, I was like, of course they have kids. They've been married for 15 years. I didn't, I didn't want not to say that if you are in your 20s and you don't have any children and you're engaged in a non-monogamous relationship that you don't have things at stake that that you're you know that there's not your heart at stake or or whatever that may be but i really wanted to make sure that there were a few things at stake in this relationship and by them being a family a traditional you know church going family that have been traditional their whole marriage and that the fact that they have children that they just can't say we're quitting. If you want to do this, I'm out of here. I didn't want any easy outs. I wanted, I wanted them to have to deal with the situation at hand, you know, and you know, the children are going to come into play when, when their family finds out that they're non-monogamous, that's a whole other, you know, exploration as well. It's really about a family like this. It's a family drama. It's not just about hot sex. It's about emotions. It's about complications. There will be hot sex though. Give the people what they want. Give the people well, what they I want. want. You know, like, but it has to be earned, you know, like, especially the, you know, outside of Keenan and Josh's primary relationship to show that on screen, it has to be earned. But yeah, like, kids are definitely, you know, very important. Even in the first season, you have Josh's parents um, that play a role. Hopefully, if we continue yeah. more seasons, you will see Keenan's um, family play a role. And Sophia's family play a role and how all these things converge on each other, you know. Now, it seems like, I mean, reactions from the cast where some people were like, what, is there hot sex? And some people be like, yeah, totally. <laughs> uh. Now I just have so many questions. <laughs> oh, there's going to be hot sex. I, I just wanted to reiterate, um, the, uh, the couple that stopped me in the um, grocery store uh-huh. had their daughter with them. Oh. Oh. So that could have been, they're like, the show, you know, with the I couple and the- <laughs> <laughs> possible, yeah. <laughs> and and there's there's plenty of polyamorous people who have children. You know, it's not Absolutely. just a, a oh, yeah. thing for 20-year-olds. There are 40, 30, 50, 60 year olds with grandchildren who have had you know polyamorous relationships. So, you know, it's really wanting to explore it in a 
in a different manner. Because even when I first came up with the idea to do compersion, like you said, there was always, it was things that were like, oh, this is fluff and we're just having threesomes. And it was never really dealing with the emotional component of having multiple relationships, love relationships at the same time. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm remembering the last time that we had you on the show, Jackie, you know, we were talking a lot about diversity and storytelling and, you know, talking about the fact that like for a long time, the polyamorous community, as far as representation goes, has had problems with having enough representation of like non-white people practicing polyamory. Mm -hmm. And of course that echoes and mirrors everything that's going on in the bigger, you know, media community as a whole, you know, particularly with Hollywood only in the last, you know, six months or so kind of finally being more vocal about there being like general representation issues. And I guess I wanted to hear from all of you about how that shift has felt over the course of the last four to eight years or, you know, however long kind of the arc of this project has been. Well, I, I like to say, thank goodness for social media. Thank goodness for the internet, because we're getting a more dynamic, a more full representation of who people are in general. We're not just getting Hollywood. We're not just getting the news. We're not just getting, you know, I mean, it's still very much two dimensional, but thank goodness, you know, um, we're getting more varied views. I want to say that really 2020 and it's not anything new. 2020 has been the age of things coming to light. You know, what's done in the dark is going to come to light. We're seeing things that we haven't seen before. Thank goodness. And it's making us more empathetic, especially with COVID. We're more empathetic and, and more realizing that we're all connected. We're all one. You know, I judge my, I judge you. I judge myself. One, one conversation, I remember going to a cousin's, this is two years ago. I, I went to a cousin's repast in Ohio. I'm from Youngstown, Ohio, very insulated, very yeah. stuck in, you know, old times. Grew up in a very Baptist, Black household. A cousin of mine who's like an aunt, she's older, was saying <clears throat> about her daughter. Her daughter recently came out of the closet. And she was saying, yeah, I was visiting, you know, her and her wife and I'm fine with it. But what do you say to the kids? What do you say to your kids when the one mommy is coming out the other mommy's room? And in that moment, I was so offended as Mm -hmm. a woman who's in a serious relationship with another woman. Like, how dare you compare my intimacy and say that this is not okay just because of our physical attributes. But I realized polyamorous people are going through the same thing. You're judging based on your socialization, based on your conditioning. And it's so unfortunate. If we can just get rid of all these labels, and I appreciate that what you were saying, Ka, earlier, is that you really don't get into the labels and the rules and the, you know, the dogma of it. It just is. If we can just get to being just is without all the labels, without all the blue and the red and Republican and, (laughs) uh, you know, um, Democrat, just get rid of it and just be just be good people. I think it's important to note that, I mean, I can I mean, personally, and I'm really aware of this. I work with a different kind of privilege than you do. Right. Because ain't nobody confronted me about how I relate ever. Mm. Nobody. Woman, man, elder, younger, nobody. Right. Um, My mama wouldn't be. And she's passed away now. But even when she was here, I mean, I think it's probably in part the reason why I am the way I am. But my mother never questioned me. And that's crazy to hear from about a child saying about his parents. But my mom never questioned me. So I've always walked through the world with a sense of, yeah. And what about it? Mm. You know, that's very freeing. But I, yes, it is very freeing. It's the reason why I'm supportive of people like Jackie or even you who are doing these explorative exercises or digging deep and 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 and, and forcing people to deal with the difference because the difference is as normal as what is considered so-called normal. 
you know, and I'm a, I'm a warrior for that shit personally. So <laughs> I appreciate you being a warrior for that. You give the rest of us courage. Hey, I mean, even the question about the kids, it's like, like you were speaking to us, this it's, it's the conditioning. Quite has kept the kids are good. <laughs> the kids are all yeah. right. Yeah. You know, for, like the and it's a movie the kids the kids are yeah. right. Yeah. But I'm saying the kids are all right. You know, if anything, mm-hmm. I worry about what that parent is doing with that kid's mind and what kind of limitations mm-hmm. are being imposed on that kid. You know, that's what I worry about. And I mean being a professor, I see it, I mean, you know, because you went to Howard. I teach at Howard. Um oh, but I mean I see know, it in the no. classroom every day where I feel like, yeah. wow. I talk to my kids and I'm like, yo, y'all sound older than me. But I'm not <laughs> mad at you because I know that's your mama talking or that's your daddy talking. But are mm. you aware of that being your mother, or your father talking and how that may limit your artistry? Right. I'm also on a mission to change the world into artists. Everybody in the world needs to be an artist of some sort. So anyway. Love that. Oh, I should. Yeah, yeah. Lauren, you were going to jump in. Yeah, I just wanted to say. You know, I was introduced to polyamory uh, early on. I remember being shocked when I just uh, 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 through a friend group and someone. I was like, "Oh, oh, this happens." <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I think since then, and I actually worked on another script um, workshop, a script that um, playing a poly- polyamorous um, character, which I'm not quite here. I don't think, but. Um, well, well, you have to watch to figure out what the hell I am. But <laughs> my point is, I just, I feel like through the years, and I think it's part of maybe the circles that I roll in artists, it just now becomes very, and I think it's important to just be op- like the more op- open you are and comfortable you are. Like for me, it's just, it's become very much normalized to see people in different sorts of relationships. And it's just whatever floats your boat. And it's, yeah, so it's, it's a very beautiful thing. You can find love wherever you find it, however you find it. <laughs> I don't know if it's it's to this topic, but there's one thing that I that I um, that I kind of pulled from uh, being introduced to polyamory through working on this is that the idea of jealousy, um, mm-hmm. which was a really interesting thing. I mean, I haven't done a lot of, but from what I gathered. The, the aspect of jealousy, and, it, and it, it caused me to examine the concept of jealousy mm. and and what leads one to that. And, and I have been able to grasp, uh, grab a hold to those emotions that, that run wild when things click in, you know, when that sense of jealousy kind of creep in, I'm able to now like process it and go, okay, why am I? And then figure out those triggers and work on myself about that, that sense of uh, spark or that, that reaction that I have when things make me feel a certain way. And I, and I consider it jealousy. So that's been a, a really great thing for, for me in working on this. So it sounds like this project has helped you become enlightened is what you're saying, <laughs> Derek. <laughs> No, seriously, it has, you know, because, you know, that aspect of jealousy in any kind of relationship doesn't do any good, you know, um, because it doesn't, it usually doesn't really spark a real conversation. It just creates reactions that turns into other reactions that doesn't really accomplish anything, you know, so that's been a very, very cool. um, thing that I've taken from from um, working on this project. So, and you know, I'm for me like when I started um, writing and directing, my goal was to create more roles for women of the African diaspora yeah. that you know really kind of reflected the diverse amount of experiences that we have. And you know, I also like to provoke thought and to make people think about things that they don't think about are challenging to think about things in new ways. So I tend to tackle what some might consider quote unquote controversial Mm. (laughs) subject matter, but with black faces and black experiences that I think oftentimes we are um, left out. And like Jamie said, I think it's amazing that we have all these different means of distribution where we can tell 
stories that are not in the mainstream and we don't have to wait for someone to give us permission to tell the stories or to show the characters that we are aching to see. I think that that right there is just one of the most beautiful things about the internet, I think, is that just that we don't have to wait for someone's permission to, to put something out there. That's really cool. But in the same breath, it is hard. It's hard to create shows like this. I know Jackie has struggled and we have all, you know, she's so beyond talented yeah. and it's just all a of moment of time before. Thank you. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but aren't we all? No, but it's just, it's just a matter of time before she's going to get snatched up. But it, it feels like the networks industry are looking for voices and other stories and diversity. And, and for me, I'm, I, from the people I know that are extremely talented, AKA Jackie, who we have in front of us, who you know her work, it's still not happening fast enough for me. It's not happening fast enough. And it still pisses me off. Yeah. Yeah. But it does sound like you're saying that we're all getting in on the ground floor with Jackie Stone. And then that's how we'll all be millionaires that we're getting in. It's kind of like like the the multi-level marketing sort of. Yeah, but she she should have a deal. She should have a show. She should have be directing and we should all be names. (laughs) (laughs) They're all very, I mean, I'm sorry, Jamie, to cut you off, but just very briefly, the, the talent, um, like all the, all these, people that have decided to lend their their creativity compersion karamu jamie lauren Derek, they're all well-trained actors Mm -hmm. they're all sag actors they've had years of experience they have feature films they have television show credits they're just very talented and it's very humbling when you get to work with actors that can take nuanced material and make it their own and bring their own thing to it and come to me and say, you know, I don't think my character would say this or do this, Josh, uh, Derek, or, or Jamie, or, you know, like really pushing me also um, creatively and being vulnerable because a lot of the work that we're doing in compersion, you have to have a huge degree of vulnerability and trust. And it's just really great to have a team. These are like my team um, members that really will go there with me because you guys are all amazingly talented and thank you for working for Cracker Jacks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's how the sausage is made. I see. (laughs) (laughs) Lauren, you were saying something. I cut somebody off. I can't remember. Jamie. Girl, I don't know. I was going to big you up about something, but whatever. (laughs) 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 Thank you for bringing us all together, Jackie. (laughs) We want to ask all of you just kind of a, a big open question here at the end, and that is, what are your hopes for the future? And you can take that as you will. It could be just about compersion. It could be bigger than that. It could be for yourself, whatever it is. Uh, so just whoever wants to go, and I'd love to hear from each of you. Well, my <laughs> hopes for the future, uh, especially for compersion, is um, hopefully it... I hope it will get picked up on a platform that will allow it to actually be what it is and not mm-hmm. try to, you know, shape it and make it nice and make it, you know, allow it to actually, you know, fulfill its its destiny. Uh, because it it is a show that, you know, not only polyamory people can look at and kind of, you know, relate to, but I think as I realize um, from being on the show is that it has... Um, points and principles and things that, that anybody can pull from. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm praying that, um, this, this will, will go in that direction. What I hope, what I will for compersion is that the right people will see it and pick it up and, uh, replace wanderlust who probably bit off of Jackie's story. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I, I, I hope I, and I will that compersion has legs for the big picture. I hope that we can get all, get outside of our boxes. And Mm -hmm. I don't mean that just in, as far as romantic relationships, but just in general, you know, I grew up 
living in several different families. I have five different mothers, three different fathers, and, and I'm, I'm very blessed to have had that. If we can just get outside our boxes as humans, I think we'll be better off. That's the big picture. My big picture hope. I second what those two said. I, I really do hope compersion falls into the right hands and is not manipulated, but stays pure in what it is. Um, and I hope that there are more shows like that more outlets of, of showing a diverse people and be different sort of experiences. And I hope I get to play more beautifully character driven roles such as that. And that we all do. Um, sometimes it's really frustrating to see the lack of it. And, you know, so I just, yeah. On a macro level for the future, I'm hoping for a major healing of the globe during this pandemic. I, I just want, people to have access to vaccine. I just, I just, I just pray and trust that, uh, that the work that's, that's been invested, that continues to be invested by Jackie receives his just due. And that, um, yeah, we get to do work that we enjoy and that connects with people, inspires people, Mm -hmm. dig deeper and, um, dialogue like this. This is beautiful, a beautiful platform Mm -hmm. to have these kind of discussions and more. So on a, macro level for the future i'm hoping for a major healing of the globe during this pandemic i i just want people to have access to vaccination and health care and 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 a healing and i want to be able to see my godson that lauren gave birth to a year ago on a regular <laughs> basis i want to be able to see my friends and connect again um i want uh, black people not to be murdered in the streets just for being black. That's what I wish for the the future on a macro level. On a more personal level, um, I would love to be developing compersion for HBO or Netflix or Showtime or what have you. I would love to be able to um, collaborate more with my actors and for them to receive a cast with them because I don't want to cast anyone else. So, and then to receive <laughs> uh, their just due, I want to continue to create and be able to make a living creating mm-hmm. and um, building relationships. And, you know, like Karamu said, continuing to um, create dialogue and continue to create uh, stories that um, push people to think differently, um, to go outside their boxes and to, um, have compassion and empathy for their fellow person. Hmm. Wonderful. That's I'll a great say. note. I'll That's say. a great I note guess. to end on. Yeah. So first, we want to hear from all the actors, from Ka, Derek, Lauren, Jamie. Um, can you talk to us about where people can find more of you, more of your work, if there's anything in particular right now that you're wanting to promote of your own work as well? Um, <laughs> I'm not, you know, I recently... Caught me off guard. I recently <laughs> took a break from social media, so I'm not on Instagram or t- Twitter, but I keep a Facebook account just to keep in touch with my older relatives. So you can find me backslash Jamie, J-A-M-M-I-E, Patton um, on Facebook. And uh, yeah, I'm working on my first feature. <laughs> I've been working on it for forever. Um, that I directed and wrote and acted in with uh, my filmmaking partner, Crystal Cotton, also from Ohio. So look out for that. That's coming in the next few months. And look out for more Compersion on Enchant TV on YouTube. Lovely. Crystal was also in uh, an episode with Karamo. She played the the flirt. Oh yes. yeah! Yes. Oh yes! Oh, yes! Yes, we're from the same town Teacher's in Ohio. Oh, yes. Nice. <laughs> this is Derek uh, Lamont. Um, I'm on all the platform. Well, I'm not on all the platforms. <laughs> Twitter, <laughs> every single one. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook. Um, I don't know, but I, I, it's all under Derek Lamont. Um, L e m o n t. Derek with two R's, I C K. And yeah, I um, I've done a couple of shorts in the last um, 
year or so. Um, I don't know where they are. They don't tell me. Um, but if they do come out, I'll uh, be leaving the information on those platforms. Um, and I've gotten into some writing. So uh, I'm working on a series right now. Um, so, yeah, we, we're, we're trying our hand at writing. Can I can I butt in and say that direct uh, that Derek is a phenomenal writer. I've actually read two of his scripts and he's an amazing writer and actor. It's <laughs> trying to get it out there so um yeah, so that's where I'm at right now. Um thank you guys. It's amazing. Um, I'll go next. I'm Lauren Lillian and I am at Lauren Lillian uh, on Instagram and I am a new mom. So I've been focusing on that, but I'm prepping to shoot a feature film, uh, which I'm really excited about because yeah. it also has the great saucy uh, characters and stories. And um, yeah, so I can't really say too much about it, but um, it'll, it'll, it'll be, it'll be good. <laughs> and I've got projects of my own that I'm also working on. So just, you know, you got to stay busy during these times when you are inside. But mm-hmm. yeah. Amazing. And Kyle? Uh Yeah, I have a very um, sporadic relationship with social media. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I do have a website, karamu.com, K-A-R-A-M-U-U.com. And uh, I teach, always teach. In fact, this Friday coming up, I'm going to be teaching a live open class on the clubhouse platform. Oh yeah. I'm going to be uh, also hosting a discussion with Shaka King, the director of the film, Judas and the Black Messiah. So it's going to Howard, Jamie Howard. It's going to be a, uh, my Howard University. Excuse me. And Lauren, Lauren Howard. And Lauren. Don't leave me and out. Lauren. I'm a bison. <laughs> what is your mind? Oh, yes. Yeah. You, know, you went to Howard? <laughs> Yes, I'm a bison. We were in a through and together. through. That's Cross right. Bernarda Alba. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, focus, focus, focus. We get, we get so rabbit. we got two bisons here. <laughs> Again, I'm a professor at Howard University, and I'm ho- I'm, I'm going to be hosting my first open class on Clubhouse. And Shaka's going to come through and talk with the students and build the students a little bit. So we're doing that. And um, yeah, y'all can catch me online. So, What do you teach at Howard? I teach in the Department of Theater Arts, uh, and nice. like TV and film. Nice. Oh, yes. That's so great. And also teach uh, sun, sun, Sundance, too. Wow. Great. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, Jackie, are there more things? I need? clearly you're working a ton on compersion, but anything else that we can be excited about regarding you? Um, let's see. Well, I'm, I'm working on a um, coming-to-age thriller called Imprint. Um, I'm working on a uh, <laughs> a series that follows uh, two sisters who have um, who work in a femdom dungeon um, called House of Dominique. I just finished directing two episodes of a new uh, TV series called Johnson's that's going to be premiering in the summer on Bounce TV and um, trying to survive homeschooling. Um, mm with my my niece homeschooling is wow. horrible <laughs> so those are the things that I'm, I'm working on and i'm also uh, uh working on getting fit again because um covet pounds are real so <laughs> i'm trying to get some muscle back and people can follow me at um i have a website jackiejstone.com and then um with enchant tv on instagram and twitter um at the enchant tv and also on facebook and we hope that our listeners, so that one at least of you, will put the show into the right hands, give it to somebody at HBO or Netflix or someone, and be like, this clearly needs to go, you know, to infinity and beyond. But also, in the meantime, are there ways to continue to give to the show if, you know, we want to help fund future seasons? Well, absolutely. I think at www.enchant tv backslash donate um people can contribute there um also subscribing to the youtube channel would be great so we just know um who's really interested in the programming and when we have a call to action um and also what i'm thinking for maybe the last two episodes we might be selling those for maybe two or three dollars the longer episodes nice um so people who really 
enjoy the show and want to see it move forward, um, it'd be great for them to um, a little pocket change. Great. In support of that. Awesome. Yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you all so much. This was incredible. Um, our call to action this week for everybody on our Instagram is just, have you seen Compersion? I'm sure many of you had, but who are your favorite characters and what are your thoughts about the show? We would love to hear from you. So the best place to share your thoughts with other listeners is on this episode's discussion thread in our private Facebook group or Discord chat. You can get access to these groups and join our exclusive community by going to patreon.com slash multiamory. In addition, you can share with us publicly on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Multiamory is created and produced by Jace Lindgren, Dedeker Winston, and me, Emily Matlack. Our episodes are edited by Mauricio Balvanera. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. Our production assistants are Rachel Shenowark and Carson Collins. The theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh and Anand from the Fractal Cave EP, and the full transcript is available on this episode's page on multiamory.com. 